0: The views expressed in our podcast do not represent the views of all sorority organizations. You might even hear different viewpoints among MJ sorority team members featured. Real Talk intends to foster open dialogue about issues we see across the country that affect real women, and beyond these thoughts and recommendations, we would ultimately refer you back to local, state, and federal authorities, as well as your own sorority's rules and policies. While we intend to keep content light and informative, there may be insurance claims discussed that involve bodily injury and personal damage of a sensitive nature. Be aware that topics may be a bit graphic and even emotionally charged. Listener discretion is
1: advised. Welcome to Real Talk with NJ Sorority, the voice of sorority risk management, where we talk about the big risks, small questions, and real challenges sorority women face today. NJ Sorority is the premier insurance agency for women's sororities. We are passionate about educating and empowering our clients. We believe that striving to be unique never stops, and that by promoting safe decisions and our risks, we can continue to create spaces for women to
0: grow, serve, and lead. I'm Sarah. And I'm Allison. Be sure to stick around for the end of the episode where we get into what we can't stop talking about, besides sorority risk management, of course. For now, let's dive into our conversation and let's get real. Today, we are talking about who we are. Uh, To even be talking about risk management on this podcast, why we are starting a podcast in the first place, and what we think that you as the audience will gain by tuning in to hear more about risk management and sororities. So let's start with who even are we?
1: So we are a currently all-female team at an insurance agency in the Indianapolis area. We ensure most of the national and international sororities that are part of NPC, the National Panhellenic Conference in the United States, Canada, and now Israel, too. These sororities each have anywhere from 50 chapters to 180 chapters active on college campuses. So when we say we know the ins and outs of women's sororities, we really do. And what do
0: you do, Sarah? Can you tell us a little bit about your role at MJ and what you do day to yeah,
1: So my title is the Director of Risk Management Education which is a quasi-fancy name for um, (laughs) handling our website, our resources, our communication, um, everything that we do from an education standpoint, really partnering with the client executives um, and the whole team to just get information kind of out there into the hands of our clients. So that would be everyone from those collegiate officers or members all the way up to... um, older volunteers that have maybe been, you know, serving as a house corporation president for decades. So I'm um, really trying to kind of hit lots of different audiences and make sure that we're getting the information out there into the hands of the people that need it. What about you, Allison? What do you do?
0: Yes. So I am, my fancy title is client executive. And essentially that means um, that I manage the insurance policies for six sorority headquarters and all their locations. So like Sarah said, top to bottom, bottom to top, everybody involved in the organization. Um, For those six sorority clients, I handle most everything. Uh, Just making sure we have all the details to renew their coverage, their insurance coverage each year and make changes throughout the year to their policies. I answer all sorts of fun questions about what is and what is not a good idea from an insurance agent's perspective all the time. Um, so knowing that and, and because um, Sarah has her background with so many resources that we put together and I kind of have uh, sort of that frontline perspective of just all the random questions we get asked every day, uh, that's, that's kind of why we're here to do this together. So we partnered up to, the, to do this because we are not only the two podcasters on the team for sure, uh, but we also both bring the perspective of someone who works on creating resources and communication tools every day, Sarah. And me, who um, answers all sorts of risk-related questions from clients every day. Plus, we will be bringing in other team members, industry experts, and all sorts of surprise guests throughout our upcoming
1: episodes. So, Allison, let's turn to our main topic for today. Why are we starting a podcast?
0: Great question. Uh, that's a good place to start, huh? Why are we doing Why are we doing this in the first place? Uh, one of the first reasons is just to keep our communication style relevant and to reach a wider audience. Um, like I mentioned, Sarah and I are both sort of podcast nerds and know that it is, it's, it's sort of the new blogging that's out there. And it's, it's the way that a lot of uh, independently owned compass, companies and, and bigger companies are trying to reach people and reach wider audiences. And we know often that not only listeners in the world in general, but especially our clients are on the go and do not always have time to sit and read a long position paper on a risk management topic. So we hope that this is a touch point so that you can explore more of our resources on our website. And really, if you want to sit down and learn more, you can, or if you just want um, sort of the SparkNotes
1: version of Mm -hmm. risk management,
0: you can just listen here.
1: That's right. So another reason that we really wanted to start the podcast is it gives us a little bit more space for nuance Um, in our maybe position papers, as Allison mentioned, or uh, newsletter articles or something like that. Our clients don't see the discussion that goes on behind the scenes. So sometimes we, most of the time, we even disagree within the team about like what a new, maybe a question that comes up about some risk situation that's come up. So um, the podcast gives us an opportunity to show our clients that kind of conversation behind the scenes. It also helps us just to demonstrate the expertise, our own expertise, that goes into developing whatever our positions might be. So like, you know, designated driver programs or something like that. Even though that's a has turned into a one or two page position paper on our website, there are hours of conversation that went on behind the scenes to come up with that simple position paper. So this just gives us an clients an opportunity to see all that goes on kind of um, the nitty-gritty behind the scenes of our conversations and our expertise things along those lines
0: for sure because it's not always a clear-cut answer and and we want you to see how if we do get to some sort of clear answer how we even got there in the first place Uh, it's also an opportunity to support um, our partners and and your partners in the industry there are so many really cool experts out there and the both fraternity sorority world and also just in the university collegiate world uh, who have all sorts of great experts, or just as experts have all sorts of great just resources and opinions to share. And so this kind of creates a platform to bring them in and give them a chance to get in front of you guys. So many times we're at a conference and we hear someone great and we just think, man, it'd be great to get them in front of everybody that we talk to um, in a very easy to access format. So that's what this is
1: as well. Yes, and along those same lines. Um, As Allison mentioned, she is a client executive for six sororities. And so we have two other client executives. And so this just, we're bringing in the whole team, Um, not on every podcast episode, but depending on the topic, we'll bring in different team members. And so this is an opportunity for our clients to hear from the entire MJ sorority team, maybe not just your client executive and kind of broaden your connection to all of us.
0: And lastly, we really just want to get the opportunity to have a personal connection with each of you out there and just have a touch point for you guys so that if you do pick up the phone and call us and contact us, we're not just an insurance agent's voice on the other end of the phone, but you get a little bit of a better idea of who we are, that we have real lives. We're making decisions about risks on our own every day and um, that we really try to bring a realistic perspective to all of this and not just be... um, The insurance fund police that we really um, are trying to think from where you guys are sitting um, and also from our own life experience and you'll get to hear a little bit of our backgrounds and what that looks like
1: yes so just because it's important that we um, are on the same page about what we're talking about let's define risk management so we like to define risk as anything that jeopardizes health safety or welfare So then risk management is a proactive approach to identifying your exposures to risk and then determining determining a course of action.
0: And I wanted to pause and kind of think about when you hear the word risk what's the connotation or feeling you get when you hear risk or risk management Um, and do you think it's a generally good feel a generally bad feel um, I know, as a sorority member, it was always not a great thing. If we were going to have a risk management conversation, it was like the oh, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna get in into maybe all the things we should or shouldn't be doing on the weekends.
1: Yeah, I think it definitely has a negative connotation um, just for that reason, especially in the sorority world, just um, because of how we have termed it. But I think what we would like people to understand is that really we're doing this all day every day with all kinds mm-hmm. of decisions that we are making um, and so making that really good risk management comes down to better decision making which is just part of being a human in the world so um, the way we think about that we kind of have created we think of this like if you can visualize a, a wheel um, in terms of how we want to start uh, or what we want to do with risk so our first kind of option is to eliminate risk altogether on the wheel. Um, And so that would be like um, NPC in the late 70s decided that their organizations wouldn't allow alcohol in the chapter houses. So they just eliminated that risk of alcohol altogether. So that was one option to deal with the risk of um, alcohol in the chapter property. And then what what would be kind of the next step? Right.
0: So the next sort of part of the wheel, if you can't eliminate a risk, if there's a risk out there that you know is going to be happening anyway, um, but you want to transfer it somewhere maybe um, or minimize it. I guess minimize, I'm getting ahead of myself. Minimizing <laughs> and reducing it would be the first part. So um, just figuring out how can we make that a little better. The example I always like to use is with like inflatables on chapter properties. If, if you know if you're working with a chapter and you know that they are going to want to have this inflatable for their day event or whatever it may be, no matter what, um, a way to minimize or reduce that might be to maybe not have them set it up themselves um, and do a DIY kind of inflatable bounce house to maybe rent one out um, or have professionals set it up. So do something that makes it a little bit less risky than if you had been trying to do that thing on your own.
1: Yeah. So then as... Allison was trying to steal my thunder because transfer would be the next step. So first you want to try to eliminate it. And then if you're like, I don't want to eliminate this risk or I can't, then you try to minimize or reduce it. And then if maybe if you've done that, sometimes these two go in conjunction with each other is to transfer the risk. So using her bounce house um, example, we would maybe even um, probably recommend rather than setting it up at the chapter property, a better idea would be to go to a um facility that has bounce houses like Sky Zone or something like that where they are taking on that risk for oversight um things along those lines the other way that we often transfer risk is through contracts um, so maybe if you're contracting with a contractor or something to do some work on your property that um, you lay out in the contract that he's responsible or she's responsible for her own negligence. Um, and then the sorority is responsible for theirs, obviously. And then as a last resort...
0: As a last resort, you have insurance. And that's where um, I think there's sometimes fear of doing anything risky because they people think, you know, all these bad things can happen and what are we going to do then? But that's, at the end of the day, why you have insurance. A lot of our craziest claims are truly just accidents and and things that happen, um, sometimes not even risk, truly, quote unquote, risky activities taking place, just stuff happens. And so that's why you have insurance. And that's why you finally would insure the risk. And our clients all have great coverage to cover a lot of the activities they do. Sometimes we recommend a little extra coverage for Some extra bad contracts that already exist out there may have already been signed, Um, but for the most part, we've already got the insurance to to cover our clients, and so that's that's really the last resort. And we see risk management as, we see it kind of as sisterhood. Uh, We see it just as an extension of all the other great sisterhood activities that we know our clients are doing as sororities. We think too, that sisterhood is not something unique to the sorority experience, it really comes down to just being a good neighbor and fellow human, like Sarah said earlier. It's trying to promote looking out for one another, thinking through before just diving into an activity event or, or some sort of operation that your organization is undergoing. Really, at first, pausing and thinking about, okay, what are the pitfalls here? What are the risks that could happen? And how can we think through those things in a way that's going to promote the well-being of everybody involved?
1: Definitely. So let's play a little game. Rather than trying to say what is risk management, let's talk about what is not risk management. So I'm going to throw out a topic, or maybe Allison is, and we're going to relate it back to risk or risk management. Yeah.
0: And this is just a way to kind of explore. We really want uh, you as an audience just to think about the fact that risk management really is, is in everything. So this is almost a challenge to see can we take a topic and not relate it back to risk management, because I'm pretty sure we can. Most <laughs> anything. Yes. It's kind of what we do every day. I so was gonna say, maybe <laughs> this is our special skill. Yeah, for sure. Um, so let's start with some topics that we get asked about a lot. Uh, drinking could be the first. Sarah, what does is, what is drinking have to do with risk management?
1: Well, obviously there's all different um, facets we could go with this, but let's take um, designated driving. Um, And say that if you're going out to the bars tonight and maybe, you know, going to have a few drinks and you don't feel comfortable driving, then calling a friend or um, an Uber or something, Um, making that plan ahead of time, thinking that through, or deciding, you know what, I have a big test tomorrow, I'm not going, I'm just not going, I'll go out and have fun and drink um, tonic and lime or something like that. Um, So those are like just thinking through risk management decisions when it comes to drinking. So kind of going back to our wheel, Sarah essentially
0: just either eliminated or (laughs) reduced the risk is is kind of what she was doing there. Um, So yeah, she touched on drinking, driving for sure too. Anytime you're driving somewhere and you're driving on behalf of an organization, you are inherently carrying some liability Mm -hmm. and risk with you. And so that's where when there are big events and a lot of our Swotty clients do have huge chapters that are trying to transfer a mass amount of people from one location to another. That's when we would definitely recommend some sort of group transportation that the Swotty can provide, just to make sure everybody's getting there as safe as safely as possible. Everyone's getting on a bus at the same spot, getting off a bus at the same spot. We know there's some exceptions out there just with different campuses and different. Um, either urban or uh, super rural environments, that some of that can be a challenge, and we'll have a later episode all, all about transportation. But um, driving is another area that presents some obvious risks, uh, but it's something we all do every day. Every day when we get in our car to drive to work, to drive yeah. to the store, we're all we're kind of taking a risk each and every time.
1: And I think that's what we're really trying to get out with this conversation, is that we all take on risks every day. Um, it's just kind of grading that level of riskiness that you're comfortable with or that you're willing to take on. That might dip, you know, vary from person to person um, or even just day to day, kind of depending on what you're up for. But realizing that we're managing the risks of living every day, all day. So what about some, so drinking and driving were kind of obvious, but what about um, your hair?
0: Yeah, this was a funny example I thought of was just getting a haircut. Uh, You may not always think of that as a risky thing, but it kind of can be, especially if you're in a new city, a new place, need to get your haircut, need a trim, need something, um, and you're going to an unknown person. I recently did this. I tried uh, an Aveda salon, which was a new experience for me. So you're working with people that are in cosmetology school learning how to do this so it's a little bit to me it was a little bit of a risk I thought I'd never done it this way before it's definitely cheaper Mm -hmm. and it gives us somebody the opportunity to practice Uh, but I definitely the way I manage that risk if you will is I didn't do anything crazy or drastic I just did a pretty simple trim uh, just to see okay do I trust this process do I trust this institution do I trust this person cutting my hair uh, before, before I would really let them go at it so
1: Um, What about, you have another
0: good one with dating advice. Yeah, so I am am in the dating world some, and uh, my roommate and I both are actually, and are periodically on dating apps. I know a lot of people out there are, and you kind of take a little bit of a risk every time time you go on a date in general, but uh, specifically when you're going on a date with someone that you just met on an app. And she recently asked me, hey, I've been talking to somebody for a little while and they wanted to pick me up at our house for the first date. Is that okay? And I said, Well yes, but like let's pause. Like, do you trust this person? How long have you talked to them? What do you know about them? Just to make sure we weren't giving our address to a random person out on the interwebs. Um, just <laughs> yes. before inviting them to our house, which some people may think is a little paranoid, but I would rather be safe than sorry before just throwing my address out.
1: Right. On, like, and that's another well. good point, is that we all have different levels of yeah. risk tolerance. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that varies from person to person yeah. as Some well. Some
0: people would never do a dating app ever because they right. think it's scary. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't, but but I, I kinda i kind of found my threshold. Okay, like yeah. let's let's think about how well you know this person before you give them our address. So just and it was a good conversation. So sometimes you just talk through a risk and you come to a point where you say, Okay, I'm willing to, to take that risk and that's okay. So I wanted to kind of these were a few topics we had discussed ahead of time, um, spoiler but the I wanted to just kind of throw out some other random topics out in the world to think about maybe that we hadn't discussed ahead of time just to again show that everything has risk in it and everything can be related back um, so let me throw out a random one for Sarah over there, I know she does a lot of um, growing some of her own food, uh, so what would be a risk in like planting a new crop or trying a new um, kind of food that you are growing in your backyard for a new
1: season. I like this one. So um, I like new things, and I like to experiment. So for me, I would rather just try it and screw up and fail. I mean, I always say seeds are cheap, so why not just try it, and you might discover something you love. But I have friends that get very... um, they want you know like have some perfectionist tendencies which i like to say i'm a recovering perfectionist so <laughs> i'm letting go of some of those tendencies but i definitely let go of them in the garden because the garden's my place to have fun and experiment and so i would say just do it
0: mm-hmm.
1: but i can also see you know if this is going to really stress you out if you know if it doesn't work out or maybe this is a difficult plant to grow in your area or something like that um then and especially if you're just starting out you know, go for some easy wins, kind of thing in the garden. Yeah,
0: for sure. I picture myself trying this in my backyard and being like, "Oh, this could be a whole right. lot of wasted time and energy and yeah. screwing up a bunch of stuff if I get it wrong." But yeah,
1: I would definitely. My advice would be specific to the person because I'm mm. just always, I want everyone to garden. Everyone should have even a little pot of the. Some kind of vegetable in it, but that's another podcast. Um, but oh, that's so I a would, example. I would yeah. say that um, you know if you're just starting out, go for some you know easy wins like mm-hmm. radishes and green beans. <laughs> just Can't really screw those up.
0: <laughs> See, that's good to know. I had no idea radishes were an easy, easy yes. thing to start planting. Yes. But, but I mean, even I'm sure um, that you try not to bring your work home with you and are not thinking about risk management when you're out in the garden. But True. But every, I think it's just an example of everything we do, any passion, hobby, anything you're involved in every day, uh, there could be a risk with it. And depending on who you're talking to, your advice about that risk may be a little different. If Sarah okay. was talking to a super experienced person that she follows on blogs every day, she probably would not be telling them to plant radishes and green beans. Yes. So it's yes. <laughs> um, so just different every day. But hopefully that gives you a little flavor of what we're trying to do with risk. Talk about everyday stuff. How we would professionally recommend that you address it um, as a sorority, as just a human being out in the world,
1: and really taking some of that stigma that Allison talked about at the beginning, where you know, in the sorority world, risk management just feels this like has this heavy negative connotation. When really, it's um, a lot of it is common sense or just good decision making, um, and good decision making doesn't become common sense without you know, building that practice, having those conversations, um, and, you know, talking about the various risk involved with, with different situations. So it's something that we all just need to work on together, um, to take away kind of some of that stigma and just thinking more about it in terms of taking good care of each other.
0: For sure. That's what we're all here to do at the end of the day. That's right. Even in insurance. So, yep. <laughs> So now it's time to move on to the sort of fun part of our segment that we will do on every episode called What We Can't Stop Talking About. So these are things they may have to do with insurance. Usually they don't, though. Mm-hmm. This is just a peek, again, into our office space, hopefully as you do. Uh, we as a team talk about all sorts of things going on in our lives, and uh, we wanted to just give you guys a glimpse into those things as well so you can get to know us a little better. So I'll actually let
1: Sarah go first. Sarah, what what can't you stop talking about? Okay, well, I often can't stop talking about books, but the summer reading season. I mean, is there anything better than sitting by the pool with a book? <laughs> I don't know. I'm at that stage um, where my our kids finally like swim all by themselves in the pool. So it's like what I've been dreaming about since I first had kids. You just sit in at the pool, and they play, and they're they're playing with their friends, and you're reading a book. It's, so magical, <laughs> but um, I've had a really good reading season this summer, and um, so three stuck out that were really good summer reads um, that I wanted to share that I can't stop talking about. So Daisy Jones and the Six is by Taylor Jenkins Reid. I really like her. She um, is just a fun author in general. Um, recommend you like read her backlog, but I think this is her newest book, and it reads like a it's like you're watching a rock documentary, um, which sounds weird, but it totally works. And I got totally sucked in. And I usually don't... I'm not one of those people that like really wants books to be made into movies because the book's always better. But this one, I'm like dying for them to make it into a movie. I heard that Reese Witherspoon got the rights to it, so I don't know what's happening with that. Um, the other one is a little bit more intense. Peter Heller. I love him. Um he wrote The Dog Stars, but his newest book is called The River, and I did not know what I was getting into. It was a little intense for me. like um, A little intense for summer vacation. Yeah. It was like <laughs> about these young boys trip on a river and bad things happen, but it was just beautifully written, and um, I'm still thinking about it. I finished it like a month ago. Um, and I, that would be a, just a really good book club one for lots of different yeah. conversations. And then the last one's a fun one, Julie Boxbomb, Tell Me Three Things. I think this is technically YA. I'm not really sure, but it was so good. Um, Really sweet, like, high school love story, but with um, an element of she is mourning. And there was some really, like, surprisingly practical good stuff about how to, what to say and what not to say to people that are going through, you know, something really difficult. So... Those are the three I can't stop talking about. What about you, Allison? What can what? you stop talking about
0: lately? Well, Sarah's always got good book recs, and I go to her for them a lot. So I'm sure we'll hear more book recs throughout yes. the courses. I'll podcast. have to spice it up with things. <laughs> and <not have> <laughs> well, and for me, I'll have to spice it up with things not related to music. I spend a lot of time thinking about music, looking for new music. I'm the person that is always looking at my release radar and Discover Weekly on Spotify.
1: Every How week. do they know you so well? They, I know, it's, it a, it's crazy. Me out, it and does It weird makes out. me feel very
0: pretty. All the algorithms are Because out they're there. so good. I they're know, like, they're, they're so good every good. week. And it's gotten, the more and more I listen, it's gotten better and yeah, better. Yeah. And sometimes when I skip a song, I'm like, oh, but like I still like that one. Don't so take <laughs> yeah, out of Just right, not <laughs> right now. Just not right now. <laughs> not right now. Um, but yes, I, I, I love music, uh, both old stuff, new stuff. Rediscovering old favorites is also fun. Um, I even have a little side hustle as a DJ, which you might hear me talk about from time to time. Uh, I took classes here locally and learned all about it and got the equipment and now I play at local events like corporate trainings, weddings, kids birthday parties, sporty events, you name it. Um, but something people ask me about a lot since they know I play music at weddings is what, I, what is on my do not play list at weddings that I don't like to play and I know there's some controversial songs out there like Old Town Road that are splitting the universe and either loving or hating them but the sort of ones for me that um, may get me some hate mail for the songs I don't (laughs) like to play (laughs) Um, the first one is Cha Cha Slide. I just there are plenty of group dances and that one is my least favorite. Agreed. And and again we're talking about risk you can usually replace most of these songs I don't like with one that's even better. So, before you get mad at me for taking away, just think of all <laughs> the what, other possibilities out that's there. That's what you have to put in the show
1: notes. It's like <laughs> substitute. <this>. Substituted
0: <laughs> with this, yeah. So, Cha Cha Slide's not my favorite. And, like, this, I know this will get people mad at me, but Sweet Caroline, it used to be so good, and I feel like everyone's killed it. Oh, I
1: don't know. I mean, I went to school. When you go to college in the Carolinas, Mm, you just just can't. It's just religion. And also, JT just, I mean, the original JT. Yeah. So good. Yeah. So I'm going to have to. I'm gonna to have to disagree with you that's
0: that. That's fine, and most people do. And that's where, if, if you specifically ask for it, I'll I'll still play it for you. That's a DJ's job. You'll Others just
1: put your like, fingers in your ears. Yeah,
0: you I'll just kindly stand there
1: and maybe not sing along with you.
0: But uh, and some other songs that just that high school killed for me. They were great in high school, but I sang the heck out of them with friends <laughs> in the car. Songs like Jesse's Girl, Stacy's Mom, all I of those.
1: Like <laughs> certain. Like, similarity. <laughs> I know, <laughs> and I don't know why. It
0: just, everyone has those songs that you've listened to so much that it's like, okay. But, I mean, I was just at a, a friend's wedding last year, and she was marrying a guy named Jesse, so it totally fit for that. Oh, yes. It was perfect. It was
1: perfect. I think so. it's funny that you are, how old you are, and those were your high school songs.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, those don't are, know. like, very 80s. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Jesse's Girl is for sure. I but, guess that's what... Around, comes around. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But another episode, I'll tell you some of the ones I love to play. Although I can't give away all my secrets of my best That's right, best we line. have to
1: save this. <laughs> so until yes. next time.
0: But uh, yeah, that that's our episode for the day. Thanks for joining us for Real Talk. We want to hear from you. If you have feedback, comments, or questions, send us an email at realtalk@mjsorority.com. Visit our website mjsorority.com
1: to learn more about who we are, what we do, and explore our huge resource library. Check out the show notes from today's episode to dig a little deeper into the topics we discussed. This has been Real Talk with MJ Sorority. Be smart, be safe, and we'll catch you next time.